Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to season one, episode five of the Small Talk podcast with uh, yours truly, Chris Pame, and my co-host and Andy Carroll Willery as well on this Monday, May 29th, 2023. Uh, for those watching or listening in the United States, happy U.S. Memorial Day as well. Just bear with me and I'm going to bring on my co-host and Andy Carroll Woolery and then we'll bring on our guest, uh, Elizabeth Nazivik. Uh, from Barry Cohen Chevrolet. I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I apologize. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you? I am okay. I am okay, Chris. How are you doing? I'm okay. I had a very busy weekend, and uh, I'm just trying to catch up on my sleep tonight. Hopefully. Oh yeah, sleep. Sleep is very important. I was going to say, long time no see, because you and I we do this virtually. But I did have the pleasure of meeting up on Wednesday. We did get to see each other on Wednesday to film a promo that was that was a lot of fun wasn't it yes and when when our show concludes i will play that clip on Ooh. here as well so jeff liked it but uh jeff reminded me we should have brought the microphone as well i guess the microphone would have gave a little bit better audio but overall i think it went well and i can always put in graphics where we're out of as well Oh, you know what? Because I, I think it started off being a TikTok, and I see that you've made it into a Facebook Reel as well. And honestly, when you look at these TikToks, I think most people do understand that it's the technology. It's 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 this, right? It's a phone. It's not it's a camera. It's not mics and all that. I think people are pretty uh, pretty um, forgiving with with these TikTok Reels and all that. And you know, the message still comes through. There's ways of you know you amplify it with music and your captions and all that. And, you know, uh, Jeff is just so fantastic, but I think he's coming with the TV perspective. Like you're a TV guy. I'm a, I'm a TV lady. Yep. It's all part of the TV community. And then we get nitpicky. It, it sounds great, but we're like, oh, it could have been better. Right. But that, that's, I, yep. I appreciate his feedback. So next time, next time we'll, we'll kick it up a notch with the, with the audio. Yeah. The, um, speaking of phone, I have my smartphone. I've had it for about four years, but it's just, I'm probably going to have to get a new phone at some point because I do so much uh, digital content and do live interviews, video, video really sucks up memory. So I'm probably in probably in the next month or two going to have to get a new phone with more, a lot more memory and RAM because my, your whole lives are on these smartphones. That's right. And for me, I, my phone is about, I think it's from 2018. So it's, it's time for a new one, but uh, I think I'm going to prolong it. I'm going to buy cloud storage because right now there's just too many photos and videos on my phone. So I'm going to see how, if the storage can take some of the load off of the phone. So I, I can relate as yeah. well, but I'm, I'm looking forward to our guest today. Elizabeth. Yeah. Nazivik. I hope I pronounced I, that okay, right. I'm gonna, let's, let's, let's put bets on this. So I think it's Nazavik. So Nazavik, we'll Yes, she. I've met her. I met her uh, before we bring her on. I met her in December when my uh, new vehicle was coming in at Barry Collins Chevrolet. We hit it off, and uh, when I got my new vehicle in January, she was kind enough to shoot a video of it when I bought it in a blizzard when I took possession of it. So um, I, I'm grateful for that, and she's a really good person. And uh, Barry Collins Chevrolet is also the main sponsor of my uh, podcast show as well. And I, I think Elizabeth has a, a very interesting story to share and uh we're gonna bring her on right now hello elizabeth how you doing my friend hi chris hi and andy I'm, I'm so excited to be here um it takes very little to get me excited but when chris invited me over to talk to you guys today i was like yes please let's do all the things there's so much to say <laughs> how are you 
Go ahead, Andy. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, welcome, welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for joining up. I, I am good. I am super pumped as well to start to start this conversation. I have never met you, so this is all brand new for me. But I love meeting new people and learning new things. And I connected with Sanandi, um, I guess what last year at the uh, Rogers TV uh, get together, just over a year ago. So it was, it's this whole media stuff has been great. It's connected me with a lot of people and. Uh, and uh, I think me and Andy have done okay so far on this show. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on as well because it's the guests that make a show. And, and you uh, had some really remarkable guests. I was just listening to the podcast with the mayor of Burlington. What an incredible woman she is. I think you guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. I hope that I can add some value to which, which episode are we? Fifth. Number Fifth five. Episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, also, this is going to be live streamed on Facebook, our Small Talk Facebook page, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and also on 14 audio platforms after as well. Amazing. Yeah. How was your weekend? Where do we... Uh, yeah, the, the weekend was amazing. Um, I am of Serbian uh, background, so my I took my son, who is half Indian, actually, uh, to the very first uh, folklore dance on Saturday. So he got to witness, and his mouth was ajar the entire time, and his eyes are super wide, and he's just watching dozens of uh, traditionally dressed folklore dancers, you know, dancing it up and down the stage. And so it was it was a real treat for me because, you know, this is where I'm from. I grew up there until I was eight years old. So it was really cool to see him be part of that. So it was a good weekend. How was your weekend, did you say, guys? Did you say Serbian heritage, Serbian for uh, That's right, yeah. yeah awesome. So your son must have, like, really good rhythm if he's got the Serbian and the Indian. He's like, got a lot of sass, and Andy. Can't lose. He's got a lot he of sass that he has for four years old. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. He loves it. How was your weekend? Oh, I, you know, it's just like one day after another, but I did take the time to go for a walk. It is lilac season. Uh, so in my neighborhood, we have beautiful gardens in my neighborhood. So my daughter and I took a walk around and every time we found a lilac bush and they're kind of at their peak now, we would just go under it and just, just take it in. So I was telling my friends, I, I've been huffing lilacs all weekend. Oh, <laughs> it's lovely. magical. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad uh, May's coming to an end because this month has been brutal for my allergies. I have hay fever mm -hmm. and I'm allergic to pollen and the pollen from the trees has been absolutely uh, brutal in May. So the last three days I've had some kind of relief. Mm -hmm. It's been a I lot of it. I'm washing it like from cars before clients come in because we have like this little light uh, yellow film on cars now. So, you know, especially like when somebody wants to come in and see their vehicle for the first time, I don't want it to be, you know, ridden with the pollen. So uh, Chris, kudos to you for going through the allergy side of that. Definitely. And as for my weekend, I was in Buffalo Saturday covering lacrosse championship game as a media member. And then I had my beer and wings after in Buffalo. I have to, when I'm in Buffalo, I have to have a beer and wings after the game. You must have Buffalo wings. Yes. Not <laughs> the Buffalo. Yes. In Buffalo. <laughs> and then I covered the Argos on Sunday. So uh, I've been doing a lot more content as well. And uh, just really looking forward to this show today as well. So oh, this is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to the first question. I will. I'll start off. Elizabeth, can you just tell our audience just a little bit about yourself? 
yeah and this is it's a good question and it's also an exercise in being uh succinct you know and concise so uh, here is the the quick spiel of my life um like i said i was born in serbia we moved here when i was eight years old kind of became that high achiever eldest child of three in an immigrant family so i finished the international baccalaureate program in high school got into university finished business was really drawn to this idea of being able to make your own um, career in a business, in a small business setting. So that was always what I wanted to do. Um, I ended up meeting my uh, husband. I didn't know he was going to be my husband at the time. When I was 22, I was finishing up university and he was just starting a construction company. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I'm just finishing this business degree. Let's take all of my skill set and experience and let me help you grow this business. And we, we did that for eight years, um, which is funny because at the time I thought I knew something. And then when you get into the actual business environment in the day-to-day, -day, you realize how much there is to know and uh, that we're perpetually learning. So um, about eight, like eight years into it, we, we built it up into being quite a, quite a construction company. Unfortunately, it was impacted by COVID. And um, I kind of separated from the company from that partnership two years ago. And I started on my own as an online coach for women in business, really talking about um, money mindset for women in business, being able to kind of price their services correctly. I feel like as a gender, and we could touch on this later on in the show, mm -hmm. but I do feel like as a gender, we have a little bit of stigma um, and unconscious bias about being able to charge our fees and kind of speak about what we're worth. Um, so I really love that area of it. And then because I was a single mom running my own business after about a year and a half, I thought, okay, let's, let's have something where I can actually build a, a, a real career around it. And that's how I got into sales. And the way I got this job with Barry Cullen is I cold called my boss one night and, uh, <laughs> literally I just, I, I called him. I said, Gary, are you guys hiring women for the floor? And he said, you know, we might be. And it just kind of took off from there, but the last six months of being in car sales has been just absolutely phenomenal. I've learned so much. Every day is different. The people make it something really, really special. So that is how I am here in a very short synopsis. Mm. I want to go back to the construction business. So, so the construction came for the uh, the car sales. So, so how were you involved with the construction business? The business side. Um, um, uh, did you ever get into the trade side at all? Yeah, so we essentially were, we started off as a general contractor. Anyone who doesn't know what that is, essentially, um, and, and we started off in residential, just because until my ex-husband could build out his name in the commercial industry, he had had a lot of uh, personal professional experience building out like uh, retail and restaurants when he started out on his own we kind of started from rock bottom. So we really had to build up the name of the company first. So when I joined the, the business, he had just started it. I had just finished my business degree uh, with the University of Guelph Humber. And uh, I took on more of a marketing role. So a general contractor is someone you would hire for, let's say, a larger renovation in your home or an extension who would basically manage multiple trades and get the job done in the quickest amount of time or the most efficient amount of time. So I ended up starting in our marketing, kind of just pushing us forward to social media. Um, we did a lot of direct mail at that time back in 2013 uh, and then a lot of sales. And I didn't I didn't realize it was sales at the time, guys. I just thought I was talking to people. He would send me on these appointments where I was measuring kitchen renovations and talking to people and getting an idea of what they were looking for. And then the estimating would come afterwards. Um, but it ended up being a natural sales role. So 
that was really cool to actually get my feet wet in the sales environment in that way. And then as I grew with the business, then I think he started having a little bit more faith in me to put me on site, manage the trades. That's when it got fun because I'm managing a lot of men <laughs> on a job site and I actually don't have as much experience as them. So how do I, how do I show up in a way that's going to be of integrity while also recognizing that, you know, they know more than me and I want the job done in the best way possible. Right. So, it was it, it was the sales and then also finishing and making sure sure uh, that the job was was done because then when you're when you're when you're if you want to have have a future customer right so you want the job to be to be well done and and you know, if they if they want you to they, you would want people to call you, call you or refer, referrals of it referrals to different and family so so it's kind of like sales all, all throughout right giving that that giving uh, 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 an a a one job first class job job. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It was really cool to see it. And like what you just said is spot on. It was really what was the best part for me was seeing it from start to finish, right? From meeting someone for the first time, talking about an idea of a bathroom innovation that they want. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking of a particular elderly couple that wanted their ensuite to be fully accessible. What that means is there's no barriers to walking and movement. The shower has no curb, right? So it's all one grade. They wanted like a little European stackable washer and dryer in there too so they don't have to climb the stairs and so it was really cool to go from that first meeting with them of envisioning what this space could be seeing the whole process of building it out with some of the best trades and and the material they used was incredible and then at the very end watching them actually walk through the space and get excited and and just love this brand new bathroom uh, which now completely increases the quality of your daily life, right? Because if you, you have mobility, you have movement, then all of a sudden you're just a happier person. <laughs> right. It's, it's not just a condition. It's, 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 it's not, it's not con concrete or fixture. It's changing lives. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it anyway. Oh, I, I, I see it. I see it. Absolutely. We, we had a, a flood in our basement. This is, this is pre -head. And um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of just because floor, floor had to be done. And at the time we thought we would upgrade the, the bathroom, the plum, plumbing. And, you know, we had had to, concrete people had, had to come in to make the shower bed. And yeah. It's just um, a lot of, a lot of inputs. And a, and a lot of dust, all of that, Elizabeth. Oh. <laughs> a lot of dust. <laughs> a lot of dust. It's it's crazy how much dust there actually is. And no matter mm -hmm. how much you clean, um, it, there's more dust. It's daily. It's you have to fight it, fight it, absolutely. Yeah. So, so now my, my follow up to that to that one. What were some of the challenges as a female in the construction business and in, in this industry? There. I mean, when I was in the industry, I can tell you there wasn't many women. I remember seeing uh, maybe two or three women on the job site in, in the eight years I was there. And one time it was a concrete cutter. And I remember stopping her and being like, can we just have a chat for a minute about the fact that there's so few women in this industry. I was really uh, interested to hear her own take on it. And she said, you know, I've seen two other women in trades and she had been there for four years. So uh, I don't, you know, it, it is a little bit of an old boys club. It is a little bit of a, of a male dominated field. Uh, it's traditionally that way. We are starting to see more and more trades step in and there is a lot more programs, especially in Ontario for female workers uh, because there, there definitely is a high demand for trades. But as my experience goes, 
it was a humbling ride and Andy, like I, like I told you, I came on a job site and um, I had this experience of not really being listened to in the beginning. I would, I would give trades instructions and then they would call my ex-husband at the office to confirm that the instruction I had given was accurate. And at first that was kind of like belittling. <laughs> Just, it, it made no sense to me. But what I realized is that the longer I worked with some of these men, uh, the more they saw me around, the more they started to have trust in me. Um, and then it became something more of like a relationship based on just mutual understanding. Uh, and that's how you come, uh, you come away from that because you really just need to have a lot more patience, I think, in those scenarios. So yeah, you know, a, lot, a lot's on the, on the line too, right? In a construction area, especially when you're about to build something or take down a wall, that can't be undone. It's not like a, a Word document or something that we do on the internet. It's a physical form, right? So uh, I understand now why they were kind of hesitant to listen to me at the beginning. But yeah, it was not fun. It was not something I would, I would right. go back to. And I guess with familiar, you know, when you were there on more and more jobs, I think the things were happening. They were, they were being more familiar, familiar with you as a person. But I think really... Um, not used to seeing people in that role and whether that means uh, gender wise or it means you know um you know you know people of color or or if, or if somebody is you know of, of their sexual orientation people people if if, if, if in their own minds that's not, that's not in, in their experience um it's sort of human it doesn't make it right right but it is human nature nature be suspicious and 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 not trustworthy um and and you but by showing up every day elizabeth you know you're you're overcome that right that right that's your overcoming those prejudices and changing you know changing person perceptions perceptions Absolutely. And Andy, that's exactly it. It's an everyday thing. It's a, it's a, it's a little inch that you get every day from building trust, from showing up. And I learned some of the best sales skills um, on those job sites, not with my clients, but rather with my trades. How do you motivate uh, trades of different ethnicities, different backgrounds? A lot of them had English as a second language. Uh, how do we motivate people from, you know, all across the globe who are now on this one project to get the best job out of them as we can in the most efficient amount of time. So one of the things that really worked for me was, uh, you know, finding common interests as them or learning a few words in their language and then just making an effort to, to speak to them, to connect to them as a human being, rather than just like this needs to get done, you know, cut it one inch over on this side, watch the, the floor drain, you know, that, that's technical. That's, uh, that's where we lose that human connection. But truly, the more we build the human connection, the more trust there is. And then it's easier for them to, you know, come to me on a job site, come to me with issues and for me to give them instructions that they're going to follow. Right. right, Excellent. So from breaking down concrete walls, maybe the next step, step in your car was breaking some glass ceilings. I'll let Chris take that one. I was going to say also, you must have had to deal with some stereotypes. And did you hear some comments when you were first uh, in the construction industry? And do you feel uh, the construction industry now and even the auto sales industry that you're in currently, do you find there's more women now in the industry than before? I think the industry, so so auto sales is similar, right? It, it is the old boys club. It used to be. There are more and more women. Um, you know, I'm the first at this dealership, I think in a very long time. I know definitely more than 10 years because I had a chat with my lot manager about it. I said, Tom, have we ever had a woman here? And he said, not in the time that I've been here. So 
that, that's a quote from my amazing lot manager, Tom. But um, there are more women stepping into this field, but it's also, uh, as, it, as it relates to sales and a performance-based job, right? We are in a job that is fully commissioned and it matters whether you, you make a sale or not. It, it can be a little bit daunting. There is risk involved and there is a lot that we're kind of fighting still through in terms of stigma. And one of the, the first things I tell clients um, that are willing to work with me is like, hey, by the way, I've been here six months. I'm so happy to serve you in the best way I can today. And if I don't know something, bear with me because I'm still learning. I don't want to make something up for you. I want to actually get the right answer. And a lot of times, actually all the time, people are like, no problem. Cool. And I, I really like that. So we are we are starting to shift the stigma of the old boys club in, in car sales. Um, but it would definitely be nice to see more women in it. That's, All right. Yeah. Well, this leads to my next question I wanted to ask you is, can you just tell us about being an ambassador for women in business? And uh, currently, do you feel women now have a more of a bigger role in this workplace in 2023 than even, say, 5, 10, 15 years ago? It's, it's like a two-part question, Chris. So let me let me begin with like the, the role of women in the workplace. And as much as I hate to bring it up, right, the, the C word, we're going to bring up the C word, okay? And we're going to talk about the pandemic for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not that, no, 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 we're not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're just all really tired of hearing COVID, right? So anyway, so we'll just call it the pandemic. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, the unfortunate truth is that COVID really impacted women in the workplace overall as a blanket statement, right? Especially in North America, professional women who, even though they were working virtually, even though they were working full time, took a step back to be with family, to put dinner on the table, um, to be more active in their kids' lives. And we've forgotten that a lot of everyone was homeschooled at that time and how much effort and time it took for um, for women to actually try to juggle both the career and and family. Now, this is a blanket statement, and I'm not saying there's there's been so many amazing men who have stepped in. But when we talk about the women uh, workplace role, I was reading um, a stat on how much uh, COVID actually put women back over 10 years in progress in, in general in the workplace. So I feel like had we not gone through a pandemic like that today, we would have been speaking on completely different terms um, because a, a lot of times the women I spoke to at the time, especially because I was doing my coaching business at the time, um, the women I spoke to, you know, they would they would not be up for a promotion. They would not be up for, for uh, a raise. What they were trying to do is maintain the status quo so their kids could get a good education online while they were working full time. Right. So so there is that. Um, and as for being an ambassador for women in business, Chris, I mean, thank you for calling me that. I, I, I love what I do. I love speaking to women. I think that we carry in us an ancestrally kind of downplayed or downgraded, passed on rather, pattern of a man is breadwinner, men make more money, men earn. And then as women, we have to stand up in front of an audience, whether we're leading our own business or whether we're just asking for a raise, we have to stand up and say, you know, I, I am a human being of, of great integrity, of great skill set, of great education, and I am also worth this amount. So that that really drives me, um, you know, and, and not being apologetic for stepping in and leaning in and being excited and eager. So 
Yeah, I, I mean, I can talk about this for hours, but <laughs> I don't know if I've answered your question fully, Chris. No, you did, and uh, you also want you want women to continue to grow instead of the old way where they got smaller. I guess uh, there's somebody on LinkedIn that always talks about it. You want to you want to grow in a career and not get smaller. And you know what's, what's amazing? Before I stepped on um, our show today, I was thinking about this. That 2023, we're recording this May 2023. It, there's there's literally not been a better time in history to thrive in your career because we have so many tools at our disposal. There's there's from social media to technologies online, local networks we can find again through online spaces. There's no shortage of resources that you can thrive, whether you have your own business or you're in a professional career. And I think that there's so much growth available for both men and women. The biggest indicator of growth, and I, I can tell you this today because of you know the, the eight years of running a construction company um, and then doing this job for the last six months, having my own coaching company, the biggest indicator of growth really is mindset. mindset. It's the only thing that determines success and not success in a person, in my opinion. Well said. And, uh, and Andy, I'm going to let you ask the next question. And I think you already answered part of it already, but uh, I'll let Andy uh, ask you as well. Yeah. Well, my mind is still kind of on that mindset is the is the, is the large, large actor like oh, I'm pro at the end I'm probably gonna ad lib a question because I'm still churning on that I love that actually um but yeah just like I said going past, past the past that breaking down walls and going through, through that, the, the the glass ceiling um those big glass glass windows in a dealership so the sort of the next phase of your career was was uh auto sales consultant at Barry Curry come Chevrolet as we had mentioned before and and uh, yeah you just you just call call huh? It was just a cool call that you made me. <laughs> my question to you is, what made you ask? Do you have women on, on the floor? That's a really specific question. Okay, so it, it, okay, that's an interesting question that you just asked. So, I mean, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, so one of the, the ways in which we engage in conversations is to ask specific questions or um, alternative questions. So questions like, how are you today? Um, how's it going? Those are very open-ended and broad. If you want to get a better response from somebody, you would ask them something like, hey, are you looking for an SUV or are you into a truck today? And then now all of a sudden you've kind of pinpointed where their interests lay. So when I cold called, I asked about, are you looking for to hire women on your on your floor? Because automatically then it, it directly cut out the whole thing of like, hey, are you hiring? Is there space for a sales role? It was really a yes or no question. Um, mm -hmm. And surprisingly, I called six dealerships. Everyone showed interest. But this dealership and, and massive kudos to one of my bosses, Gary Cooper, um, who works very closely with Mark Cullen and Paul Cullen here um, and Leanne, uh, he basically just said, you know what, I'm willing to take a risk on you because with the other dealerships I've called, they kind of said, you know, we're not really sure there is, you know, our interest rates are very high. Uh, there's a small, uh, you know, recession happening right now to add another person onto our floor. We're not sure how that would affect our business and how it would affect the rest of the sales staff. But Gary just said, hey, you know, it, I know you can make it. And if you feel like you can make it, then then you're going to make it. And it's been a really awesome process of trying to learn the technical part to add to, you know, 
my my eccentric personality. <laughs> right. So so whenever I I started a new job, I'm in in Korea. I would have started this job like let's let's say maybe uh, fourteen, maybe maybe twelve to fourteen years ago. And uh, uh, the first six months was my learning period. And at the, and at the end of it, my boss said, well, you're, you're trained now. Yeah, yeah, you know everything. No, no, there was no way that I knew everything. But first six months, what have you le- learned? And is there a lot more learning for you? Oh, man, it's such a good question. So other than the technicals, right? Like we have um, seven trims of truck and every trim has its own technicalities. Just, just to give you an idea of, you know, questions like what is our towing capacity and what kind of features can I get? That in itself has been a lot, but also learning how the whole business works from, you know, the manufacturers are building these vehicles and then what is the dealership's role? And it's been interesting to witness, you know, people buying vehicles who aren't necessarily aware of that, thinking that maybe we have way more room to negotiate, way more room to move forward in pricing and and sitting on this side now on this sales side being like, you know, and having to educate a lot more that's been really interesting um but other than that what i what i the biggest thing i learned is you know it might sound kind of crazy but ultimately the experience is not so much about the vehicle the experience is about the human to human connection and whether we can really really see each other so one of the things that i try to do every day is whoever walks into my dealership whether they ultimately buy or not from me that's not relevant what's relevant is that when they're sitting across from me they're the only person um, in my world and they exist for this short amount of time to be fully acknowledged and seen and we we build a rapport i want to know about their family i want to know about their life we exchange and and from there we talk about okay which vehicle would suit them and what kind of budget do they have but that to me is secondary as crazy as it sounds like in the end i want to make sure that the vehicle i'm putting someone in or i'm recommending for someone is the right fit for them it's not just about you know slapping a sale on a on a sedan or a truck so that's it's changed a lot from the uh, 80s and 90s. Like the car sales has really changed. And uh, sorry, Ann, Andy, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no worries. Yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's changed. And it's changed in some ways as you as you talk talk about that experience. And there are some like like I we Subaru. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Subaru. Don't cry or anything. anything. Subaru 2019. And um, but I was looking at at other other brands as well. Wow. And um, I mean, the, the the car ended up buying because it was one of these consumer reports, best picks, and all that, and all that. I was happy with it. Of course, it was going to come down to price and service. And um, I had looked at the, some some other talks, but other dealerships that I went to, to um, I go in and I just got thought that somebody wanted to make a sale that day, that day, and they weren't really listening what I was saying and my concerns were and i must have gone into that uh, uh super rulership i i would say maybe four times this gentleman's method of do of doing it, um was he, he said oh you're interested in this this one he says let me give me give you a price go in the back he'd print something and you'd give me, me a price oh thank you i'll think i'll think about it no pressure and i'd come back again a couple days later later and i'd look again and, and he goes you know you know i was maybe looking one more you know, more, you know one eyes up and he goes, oh, let me give you, give you some prices for that. And my surprise, the price on the, the one that I had seen, seen you know, the couple days before, he had dropped the price a little bit. Didn't have to haggle. Like, like he had dropped it a little, little bit. 
And I went back back another time. And I said, I'm really interested. He goes, he goes, I'll give you a price. And he gave me a third quote, quote that even low, lower. I'm even like saying, because women, women don't, generally, women, women don't like to haggle. They want the price to be the price. And that's me anyway. And every single time, he, he just dropped a little, dropped it a little. And I thought, oh, he sees so much anger by dropping, dropping the price to me a single time. And it it, that, that, and listening to the, the concerns and, Get down to what to what are the age of my children and who will be driving the car? Are they drivers or is are all of that? Like he took the time to to, to do that for him. That's ultimately ultimately why I did, um, you know, go go with, with that purchase. Just absolutely, it's a sign of mutual uh, mutual respect. And Andy is is kind of what I'm getting from you. And this is also something that I'll I'll share from um, a car sales perspective is sometimes we have clients that call us and they want our very best price on the phone or through an email or through an internet lead. And what people don't understand in that situation is that uh, when you're trying to shop price over the phone, we don't fully see that as someone who's genuinely invested. It's someone who's kind of price uh, window shopping. And in that case, it's like, okay, this is you don't really feel like you can do too much for someone. But when someone walks into your dealership and has given you, uh, you know, the, the measure of respect, which is their time to let you know, this is what I'm after. This is my trade. And then all of a sudden, you know, my managers look differently on that. And uh, you stepped into his dealership three times. So he knew that you were you were getting closer and closer to the point where you felt comfortable enough to commit, which I think is remarkable that he did it that way. Yeah, so for, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like my story with Nathan. Uh, it took me to, a year to get my vehicle because of the pandemic, but Nathan was really patient with me. He let me test drive the trail, Trailblazer three times, and he was really good with me. And and he and, and what you said, Elizabeth, he got to know me, and we're actually friends now. And uh, anytime I have a question or concern or whatever, I can ask him in that. And you're right, exactly. It's it's a human element side, and you'll sell more vehicles when you get to know somebody. And 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Being sincere absolutely and and because here's the thing we have homes and cars those are our two biggest uh investments right now uh, typically across the board for families for individuals homes and cars whether it's like rent or mortgage and then your vehicle uh so i take this line of work pretty seriously because this is somebody who has done a lot of research it's not a t-shirt sale you know, it's not even shopping for best internet. You know, it's literally a vehicle that's going to take them across wherever they want to go. So it, it it is a really interesting perspective. And then being able to actually step into their life a little bit and, and learn a little bit about them. Um, one of my favorite things for people is when people come in and they're a little closed, they're a little standoffish. They're a little skeptical, right? Because it's the the prototypical, uh, you know, car salesman of the past would have been like, "Let me just get you the best deal you find today, and this is what I can do." You know, I'm, I'm making it up, but that's what it was like. I'm just thinking of a guy he's smoking. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. in his and he's just pushing vehicles off. Let's the let, let's let's go out there and kick kick the tires. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you want this? So take it right off the lot, kind of thing. But. Uh, that's not what it is, actually. It's it's supposed to be an experience where you go home after you've purchased your vehicle and you're not anxious. You're excited, right? You're not thinking about, oh, my God, did I just make a huge mistake? You're like, oh, I can't wait for Saturday and I'm going to take my kids and we're going to go sit into the new Suburban and we're going to drop. That's the experience, really, of, of a good car sales experience. 
Absolutely. And I just had that with uh, uh, Nathan as well. I was excited and uh, I trust Nathan and uh, I trust the dealership. And I think with mechanics, dentists, anyone in a profession, if there's no trust, then you're not going to do business with that company or person. For sure. And what I see is most of my colleagues here, I mean, some of them have been here north of 30 years. So it's one of those dealerships that really retains their sales people, their sales staff. Uh, it's six other men on my floor and they've all, Nathan has been here seven years and then everyone else even higher than that. And most of them do business through referrals, through repeat clients. I think that speaks for itself about the quality of their customer service. So I'm learning a lot from them about how we really nurture our clients. It's not just a one-off. Absolutely. And that leads to the next question is how hard was the auto industry hit by the pandemic and with the chip shortage around the world for new vehicles? And what's the current wait time approximately for new vehicles coming into to, uh, Barry Cullen? So uh, the chip shortage definitely hit a lot of vehicles during the pandemic, and we are not seeing it as much right now. We we still do have a couple of outliers, like for example, Chris. I think it was was it your heated steering wheel or your heated seat, right? That was that we still need to do the steering wheel, but it's already done. Okay, beautiful. So that's an example of the chip shortage, right? Where you took the vehicle off the lot and you had to bring it back to us once the heated chip came in and then we fixed it. So we're seeing this uh, speed up a lot more now. Um, GM has done a huge push to get production up and running and we're really seeing quite a, quite a few vehicles, especially trucks come out uh, in, in way greater speed than during the pandemic. During the pandemic, things were really, really slow. It impacted um, a lot of new inventory, and then it impacted the cost of pre-owned vehicles a lot because whatever was available in the marketplace all of a sudden now had a bit of a premium on it because there was just less available. So we're we're starting to see this move a lot more into you know the normalization kind of it's it's getting back into what it would have been before covid we're nowhere we're nowhere near to seeing it exactly as it was but it's going better and better uh we like if you walked on my lot today you would see we have quite a few new vehicles available for purchase a lot of um, pre-owned vehicles as well uh so if you had come here a year ago chris you probably remember what the lot looked like a year ago so I, that speaks for itself and then in terms of the lead time, it really depends on what you're looking to get into. We have certain vehicles that we're really known for. Like, for example, the Cadillac's known for their Escalade. Um, and then an Escalade, yeah. So if you want to get into a brand new Escalade, you're looking at about a year. That's 12 months. The Escalade ESV, the bigger one, is about 12 to 18 months. Um, but if it's just a, if you're looking to get into an Equinox or a, a regular SUV, it's a lot quicker. Like I have a couple of Equinoxes coming in the next month. I mean, typically across the board, maybe six to nine months, depending on the vehicle, I would say it's just common. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that, that's kind of to give you an answer of what the lead times are right now. Yeah. You're up, you're up well, I, I am up. up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do this, do this question backwards because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of see what it's like, it's like at Barry Curry College. Going back, back vehicles, so um, we, we say it's the Equinoxes is right now we're selling the, the most currently? I would say it's, you know what, 
It depends, but I would say right now the biggest push from GM has been electric vehicles. Oh. So we have a Bolt. We have a Bolt, Bolt UV, which is an SUV electric. And one of the amazing things about the Bolt right now is it's got a three to four, three to five, let's say, month lead time. So you can get into an electric vehicle for under forty thousand um, dollars that has a three to five month lead time, and you have a government rebate on that—the five grand the government gives—and then the GM also has an incentive for putting in chargers. So I think a lot of people are drawn to that. The Bolt is probably our highest sell or our most our hot, hottest ticket item right now. Um, but then you do have like the classics, like the Corvettes and the Escalades, that that are just pre-sold. So meaning that people have been waiting on these, they, they can't wait to drive them off the lot. That's a big seller for us. Right. Well. Reminder, because I'm, I'm not a real, real car head here. So there's Chevy and then Cadillac is your luxury brand. What else is in the Chevy family? So it, the GM family is for, yeah. okay, okay, got it. so we have, we have Buick GMC and then what we carry at Barry Cullen is Chevrolet and Cadillac. So we carry two, and then there's actually a dealership down the road um, that carries Buick and GMC. Robinson. Okay. Yeah. And what's the Corvette? The Corvette is a Chevy Corvette. So oh. you, you know, you know the '80s song in a red Corvette. I sing all the time. Ask Chris. I annoy Nathan. I annoy most of my colleagues. But I mean, you know if you're happy, <laughs> it's just. Yeah, so the, the Corvette is, I mean, we have a, a wait list on the Corvette. And what's really cool, too, is that GM is actually um, coming out with a, an electric Corvette in the next couple of years as well. There's been a huge push on that electric it's, side. Yeah. Will it, will it have the pep of a, of, of a gasoline Corvette, an electric one? Yeah. yeah. It'll have a lot of G-force. That's for sure. Yeah. It'll, be, okay. it'll be powerful. Okay. Now, the thing is, we're going to lose all that. You know what I mean? That that yes, so give me that exhaust. A bit behind anyway. Go ahead, sir. No, I was gonna say, but who knows? Maybe GM makes up um a, like a noise supplement. Like for example, the Lyric Cadillac Lyric. It's a it's an electric vehicle, but it, because it's so super quiet, you can actually opt to have background noise, white noise, um, engine noise in your vehicle, so it's running while you're driving, so it feels more nor like normal. Yeah, yeah, because because you're like, what doing? Um, is um, is our really running? Yeah, sometimes we've been conditioned conditioned as cues, right? Right. Yeah. I was gonna say was that my first car was actually a Chevrolet. It was a a clear station wagon. I'm old. <laughs> That must have been a really neat car. <laughs> and that was just picked up for our for growing family. Family. After wow. that station wagons just were not not in vogue more. <laughs> yeah, but I, I loved it. It was really it was really cool. Yeah. So now you've really piqued my my because I, like like I said, I'm not really a sales salesperson. I don't like haggling back back and forth. But you um, I, I feel like this could be a stretch factor for me. So so. What what is life like as as a sales consultant at Barry Cullen Chevrolet? Like it, like change change my mind that I don't like uh, I don't like sales. Make me change my mind that I will will like sales. Oh, that you would you mean it, you would like this role or you I would, would like, like to work? this role? Change my mind because I'm I'm I'm, thinking, I'm not a sales person. Change my mind. 
What, what you know what I think the, the best part of being in sales is that every single day is different. Every single day you walk into the work, you know, I mean, I like to get organized the night before, but you, you know, that things are going to happen. A phone call is going to happen. Somebody's going to walk in. Um, that's going to completely throw it off the loop. And I really like that. It keeps you on your toes. And then you're meeting people hearing incredible stories. I like to laugh with my clients. So one of my own internal goals for each day is to find something hilarious to laugh at because I feel like laughter really unites people. And then when I start laughing, the clients start laughing and they're like, they get excited about the vehicle and obviously delivery days, seeing their excitement. Am I more excited than my clients? Most of the time, a hundred percent, but then they get excited too, because it's a brand new vehicle they're stepping into, or this is a beautiful pre-owned vehicle that they're stepping into. Um, I, I really love this job. I really do. I don't know if that's <laughs> conveyed in my... You know what? I I, I feel there 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 be hope for me. Uh, this month, I've been doing corporate training at work. And because I'm working, working, I work actually in the office and partly at home. And one day I was working home and I was, I was doing corporate training. And my daughter was, was upstairs. She couldn't exactly, exactly hear what I was saying, but she could get the tone of what I was saying. And she came down and she was, she was what are you doing? I'm selling condos. So I guess, I guess this is very corporate, corporate training. I was very convincing. And she was like selling, you know, I, 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 I think a pitch about why this, why this government service was the best thing, thing since life. So maybe, maybe there's hope for me. Maybe, maybe there's I can totally hope for you. There's totally, and you know, most of us have a lot of sales skills and a lot of us actually sell without, without the word sales being in your, in your role. Like you were just right, trying Chris. to, you know, right. And Chris. Doing podcast and media work. I have to sell myself to the sports leagues and, and my guests. And uh, we have to do that as well. And Andy with this podcast as well to sell ourselves about our show and, and uh, people can actually watch our first four episodes and get a feel how we do things. But you're right, Elizabeth, about selling, sell, being a salesperson every day. And yeah, yeah, it's selling that idea of yeah, them because you notice like like when when you escalate, I'm like, mm-hmm. a car for a big escalate. I'm like, ooh. So, you know, there, there, there are feelings and um, ideas. It's not just four wheels and it's a steering wheel, right? It's been that it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's part of your personality as, as well as what vehicles represent. And it's that sense of freedom too. If we think about what a vehicle really is, it's this opportunity to get in turn it on and kind of ask yourself, where do I want to go today? Mm-hmm. Right. And and there is a lot of personality in it because it can be small, you know, large, whatever, however you want to soup it up. Right. But also this idea that you can go anywhere you want and that you're connected to the whole world. Truly. Um, I really, that's that for me, vehicles really are about freedom. Mm-hmm. I was well going to ask, I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I love that. I was going to ask you a, a different question, Elizabeth, but since I have you on here, um, just to explain to and Andy and actually our audience too, how important is uh, regular maintenance to a vehicle, pre-owned or new, and how important rust proofing is as well? I mean, I would recommend now being in this industry for six months, I would definitely recommend 
putting forward the investment and getting your vehicle rust proofed as soon as you as soon as you pick it up, whether it's new or used, whether you go through the dealership or you go through some a third party. Um, you know, there's there's so many wonderful um, even in Guelph, so many wonderful rust proofing companies that'll do it for 150, 160, 170 dollars. And when you compare that to the investment cost of the vehicle and what it actually does, it, it, it's a no brainer because it essentially the oil will keep the metal from going through the oxidation process, which creates rust and, and updating that once a year um, is, is huge. And I see this all the time with vehicles that are trying to get traded in people getting a little bit more disappointed um, than they thought their vehicles were worth just because they hadn't done something as simple as rust proofing because now all of a sudden we have, you know, the rust underneath there. So, yeah. Yeah. I should have done that with my cruise uh, at the end. And uh, now as soon as I got the trailblazer, I had it done the first day I owned it. And I think it's a good investment and it'll, it'll, it'll protect your investment. And also, like you said, Elizabeth, when you're ready to sell it in the future, you'll get a better return on it. Absolutely. And, and regular maintenance is important now realizing too that yes it's it's a it's a financial investment so seeing where you're at and what you can do um that's going to be best for you but definitely getting an oil change regularly um you know saving yourself the headache of any issues in the in the future by doing it earlier is makes makes a lot more sense um and then you know it doesn't always have to be through a dealership it could be through a local mechanic and it could even back be on in a second sorry i apologize everybody for that yeah Sorry, are, 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 am, I, am I back, Chris? Yeah. Or no. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're back. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm back. I think I, I, I think it was my phone off. Yeah. So yeah, we're good. Okay, we're back. Yeah. yeah. The, the joys of technologies. I mean, yes. That it technology. It we did it. Yeah. Please. Yeah. But you know what's really cool? I mean, uh, one tip I'll give anybody looking out for a car or for a vehicle. Um, what's really cool is like to tie this into technology is uh, depending on who your car salesperson is, giving a shout to a dealership that of a vehicle that you like. A lot of us are willing to do video calls. A lot of us are willing to do videos. Uh, I've had clients coming in from Oshawa and Peterborough, which are can be two hours away. I'll do a video call with them first so they can see the vehicle, see if it's worth their time, ask me questions before making a time investment. So um, let's say you're in the earlier stages of which vehicle you want to go into. Don't be shy about, you know, finding the, the one that you feel is right through the internet and then seeing if you can get that next level of service through a video call with a sales consultant at that place. Good to know. You're up in Andy. Oh, is it me? What, oh, what yeah. question? I, know, I guess tell us about, about okay. Bertie said, said that even in addition to all, to all these, all, all the million things you do that, you have a comedic side? <laughs> Are you doing stand-up? What is that about? No, I've never done stand-up, but I am a self-proclaimed comedian because I make jokes all the time. And, <laughs> and again, I have to give massive kudos to my colleague, Nathan Lottie, who, who literally shares a, a glass pane office with me so he gets to hear all of it but i i um i think everything is an opportunity to laugh and the first place to laugh at and laugh the hardest is really ourselves because it's taking ourselves too seriously i i think is just always a, a recipe for a little bit of a, of a of a neutral kind of way of being so i mean a comedic side of myself yeah there's a lot to laugh at and if i ever show you a car and andy we can both laugh at me a lot but it's just it's all meant to be for fun 
Of course. We are, I'm Trinidad and Tobago, the Caribbean, and we kind of have our own sense of humor. humor. And But that's the way we, we cope life. That's how we deal with it. And we have to have this expression, which is, well, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. So, you know, you come home and, you know, there's some disaster waiting for you at home where you go to work and, you know, you, you can, you can, you can shout, you can, can cry, you can have a negative reaction, but sometimes the best, best to deal with it initially is to keep your cool and just, and just laugh about it actually. And that just takes the off of it. And you can see the irony of the situation and the humor of the situation. And then, then as you can deal with with, the, with, with what has to be fixed, right? It's, it's a, it's a coping so mechanism. It's so true what you just said. Absolutely. And one, one cool thing about laughing is that simply setting the intention of finding something funny or laughing is actually enough to kind of get you going or listening to other people laugh. Then you notice that when we hear somebody laugh really funny, you're like, ha ha ha, then we want to laugh too. And there's a lot of movement then in the body for that. And you it just, you feel a little lighter. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like, like stand-up comic that you watch or a favorite funny TV show that you like? I, I love Kevin Hart. I think he's hilarious. Um, and then TV show, um, one of the my favorite ones has been The Office. I mean, there's so many golden moments from that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, the fire drill, that one is just so... The fire. Yeah, the and fire then, if, okay, if anyone is listening to this, I believe it's season five, halfway through the season, the fire drill, it, it starts off with Dwight, uh, you know, basically setting fire to the building and locking everybody in to teach them how to get out, like how to get out in case of an emergency, but he causes the emergency. So it's worth the three minutes of your time. It was. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's been, it's been clouded. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it is. It is the. The first thing that you will you will see. I actually first saw that, that clip. Um, I'm 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 a fire warden at my at my work, and before they started real training, showed us that they showed us the clip from, from the office. They want you to laugh before they you know make you sit through the training. Yeah. <laughs> this is what yeah, don't 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 do this. Don't don't do this. Stay calm. Stay stay. Yeah, I, I'm actually interested in doing stand-up at, at some, some point. I, I, you and I, like, I feel this connection that we like so, so you know, various uh, eclectic thing, right? So going from construction to sales to cars. Um, and I, I'm actually an, an online public speaking course. And I've unlocked the model for stand-up comic, which I haven't started yet, but it's available to me. And I'm like, I'm like, hmm. Like you to have to, once. And, and then once we should find you an open mic somewhere locally. And Chris and I are going to come. I'm invited. Like obviously, I volunteer you. You can get yourself and you make it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. To watch you, that's awesome. Yeah, cool, cool. And is um, who's your best audience? Is it your your family? Is it your work family? Fam your home family? My best audience. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> The person who gets it the most is my colleague, Nathan. I mean, he's unwilling most of the time, but he takes it in stride, I would say. Oh, nice. That and my sister and my my son. All of them uh, completely unsuspecting, uh, you know, just innocent victims of a lot of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You know? Well, you, you, you make you make come laugh, come laugh right? but... Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love, I love that, that part, part of your personality, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chris, did you have another? Uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap. Yep, yeah. we're gonna wrap it up. And I've gotten you a couple times too at Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Once you get to know me more, then you'll know my sarcastic side because sometimes something just hits me, and then I say it, and then people are like, "And it's like, gotcha." 
So <laughs> it's good. It's good if it's spontaneous. That's absolutely. And I had some comedian show in the past as well. And uh, when I have some more come on from California, I will let you guys both know. Beautiful. Nice, nice. Definitely. Well, um, actually, we we, we got a lot of that. Chris, what's your favorite funny TV show? Sorry, I missed you there. It's a Wi-Fi. What's your like, is, what, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite stand-up comic and favorite TV show? TV show, funny show. Well, is. well, the one I like. He's been deceased since 1994. Uh, my favorite all-time comedian is the late John Candy. But I would mm. say right now, um, Eugene Levy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Creek. Um, yeah. I'm still a fan of Eddie Murphy. I, I guess Eddie Murphy and um, the late John Candy, but he wasn't really a stand-up comedian. But um, I just was a huge fan of his, and he passed away too much too young at 44. Yeah, yeah. lost so many, many great ones. Norm Macdonald in the last uh, year, year or so. Canadian Norm Macdonald, funny, like, like Canadian, naturally funny, isn't that? That's probably probably it. we're all funny people because we're Canadian. That's 80% of or we think we're funny. That's the whole that's the whole joke. It's like we think we're funny. So does that make it funny if you think it's funny? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put another a plug. I've been discovering the stand-up uh, talents of Mar Marlon Wins. And I just kind of know him as one as one of the Wayne others and this TV show. But I saw, saw a stand set with him them recently. Oh, oh, he is funny. He's insightful. He's funny. I really enjoy Marlon Wayne. Anyway, I, I We'll, we'll leave the, the funny talk item and I'll let Chris do his next question. No problem. I'm a f somewhat funny guy sometimes, occasionally. <laughs> but uh, what would you tell somebody who's watching this show today or listening to it later on audio forums that it, and they're in the Guelph, Cambridge, Kitchener-Waterloo area, or actually anywhere in Ontario, who has never bought a GM vehicle before? Mm -hmm. And why they should come down? Down to Barry Cohen, Chevrolet, Nathan, or yourself as a sales consultant. I mean, it's a very good question. Um, I can speak to Nathan's incredible sense of customer service and and his knowledge of the vehicles. The reason why people tend to like working with me is because I'm I'm honest. I'll give them an honest answer, and I like asking them actual questions about their life before I suggest a vehicle. So it's not so much as you call me up and I'll just put you in a trailblazer. I want to know what you're using it for, how much you'll be driving, what is your timeline, and based on all of these criteria that you have, um, I'll I'll tell you what I think is best for you and and put you through that. So yeah, but I mean Nathan is incredible too. We just we the dealership thrives on customer service. That's really where our, our kind of asset lies. Um, and even if people just want to call and ask a question or just need some advice, even if they're just even not even started to think about a car, but kind of want to know about what the first steps are to the research and want to consult us, that's absolutely, you know, we're, we're totally available to answer any questions. I'll leave the last question. We'll save the last question for you as well. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm going to say this for, on behalf of Evan, Andy, and myself. Thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, 
like I said, uh, really enjoyed talking to you. And, and I'll let and Andy wrap it up with you. Right. It's, yeah. Well, still thinking, thinking about mine, Elizabeth. You and I, if, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you, you volunteered up to my stand up. I volunteer that I'm, sure that I'm going to take for coffee and I'm going to pick your. Pick I would your love. Room. I would love yeah. to have coffee with you. And we're definitely watching you make some jokes and Andy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just want to know, like, what about uh, me? You are what watching about me? and for myself too. How, how can I follow you on social media? Um, and you have a coaching business too. Do you have handles for all that? How can we can we find you? Yeah, I can share some handles with Chris in the uh, after the show. But the the fastest way to find me for anything car related is um, cars with L. <laughs> I had to think about that one. Cars with L. That's a, that's the Instagram handle. Uh, and then from there, you can find all of my information and contact. And and there's an email address, Elizabeth at BarryCullen.com. It's exactly as it sounds. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I've, it's been such a privilege to talk to you guys. Chris, this is our second podcast show we've done together. I think you do such a good job at engaging your guests. And you two are truly putting out so much uh, positivity in the world with these recordings. So I really hope you know what you're doing. And I'm, I'm so grateful um, for the impact that this show has. Mm. Oh, such kind words. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Liz. And no, Chris knows what he's doing. I don't know, know what I'm doing, but I go with the, go with the flow and I'm loving the, the results. I'm meeting great pe people and yeah, uh, I'm glad positive messages such as we get there. For sure. Do you want to hear a funny, funny joke from me? Um, about 12 years ago, not even 12 years ago, I didn't even know what Wi-Fi was. And 12 years later, I'm now Mr. Wi-Fi guy. So You're I've had to learn a lot. I know too much. <laughs> I said to the one guy, you guys are getting sick of me, but apparently I'm well liked. So, uh, um, yeah, I just try to be myself as in being a sales consultant, be yourself, like whatever career you're in, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Absolutely. It's like one hand, one hand. Oh, oh, all right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on. And, um, yeah, I mean, I wish you guys both the best of luck with this show and, and so many listeners and subscribers out there. Right. right. Not goodbye. This, this is, we'll see you soon, right? We'll see you soon. Okay. We'll see you Sounds soon. Good. Yeah. yeah. We'll Thanks see you a little, soon little, for uh, a French vanilla. <laughs> Sounds good. French vanilla Bye, for Timmy's. Thanks, Elizabeth. Oh, All right. wow. Um, yeah, That's I, I thought that one. We're an hour ago, Chris. is amazing. When you're when 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 you have good guests and you have a good co-host co like yourself, it just goes by fast. And uh, then you have great co-host, host, great guest. It goes like that. It just just yeah, just it's like a that. combination. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. I yeah, thought it went. Did. I thought it went well. And uh, Elizabeth will do well in the auto sales consultant. If um if I had met her sooner, I might have gotten my vehicle from her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I would because like to, she's I'm somebody that honestly is huge. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. So, but uh, no, I really appreciate her coming on and uh, I really enjoy doing this uh, small talk episode. Uh, speaking of that, anyone watching or listening to this, um, you guys can also email the show at smalltalkpodcast50 at gmail.com or you guys can join uh, the Small Talk Podcast Facebook page on Facebook as well. And we're live on Facebook, the Small Talk Podcast page. We're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And we're on audio platforms such as Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, 
tuned in and many all the other ones as well. But uh, I just want to say thank you and Andy for coming on as well today. And, uh, and I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. this episode. Thank you, Chris. I, I, I enjoyed it too. And I'm looking forward to June. I, I am meeting amazing people in the meantime. I know you're amazing people. So yeah, we'll, we'll be back in June for, for, for another of these, huh? Yeah, my birthday's at the end of June too. Okay. The big 51, 51. The big oh, 51. That's right. That's right. But you... that, that's these old people. You know, I, I don't turn. You know what? I'm living here. life more now age is just a number i am um, age is just a number i try to stay young and uh absolutely but uh yeah i i apologize for the wi-fi issue i don't know it might it, who knows it might i think be me i have my... these uh pods for my wi-fi so it, it happens but i think overall i think the audio was uh good and uh if you can give me about 20 minutes and andy i will have the uh audio downloaded and i'll send you a link to the youtube channel and awesome. also the audio as well and uh yeah i uh like i said i look forward to episode six uh hopefully at the end of the june who knows maybe on my birthday and uh we'll keep getting guests from around the area and and um maybe one day ryan will have her show on rogers tv cross her fingers we'll we'll see oh yeah cross we'll, we'll see yeah, yeah, you know what? But uh, I'll have to, to say, that I like you and I are, and I are have some side conversations with this. But my opinion is sometimes it's. I mean, I mean, it's good, you know, when you're with it with a bigger outlet, you know, you know, you can reach more more people. But sometimes when when you have a, a corporate involved, um, you, you know, actually, I have to say, most media uh, will let you have your own opinion. But sometimes, since it's nice things on our own and wanting to be independent, and we have we have the free do what we want as well. So there is there's there's of both ways of ways of doing it. Yep. Good point. And uh, I'm also going to try to get some a sponsors for our show as well. Yeah, so. yeah that that would be great. All right. I'm, I'm going to let you go, but uh, I was going to say uh, thank you so much, and Andy for coming on today, season one episode. So five sports talk, cheap plug there uh, for small talk podcast and everybody uh, stay tuned uh, to our Facebook page uh, for our next uh, show, which will be probably the end of June and uh, looking forward to our next guest uh, and Andy and just uh, send me a private message and let me know um, who, who you might be able to have yeah, on have and, someone uh, in mind. So we, our, we just have to pin down the day. Absolutely. Show. Really. Be in All right. Have a good evening, everyone. You too, and Andy, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Just one second. I'm trying to remove you. It's the Wi-Fi. It's just one second. I'm back. Yeah, I believe it's on my end. Uh, okay. Okay, guys, just technical difficulties there. I think I did remove an Andy. Thank you so much, and Andy Carol Woolery, my co-host, for coming on as well. I'm going to try to play our little video clip, a uh, promo of our show, before we wrap this up, guys. I shot this last week with an Andy at Rogers uh, TV in Kitchener. Hi, I'm an Andy. Hi, I am Chris. And we are the co-host of the Small Talk Podcast. The Small Talk Podcast is a local news program. Lots of small talk. It's all local. Amazing guests. 
Where can you find us, Chris? On YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, and on audio platforms such as Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio. Tune in to Small Talk Podcast, monthly show. And and that clip was courtesy of my uh, YouTube channel as well, guys. If you guys can give me about uh, 20 minutes, I will have the audio version downloaded to all my audio platforms. I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live streamed again on Facebook, the Small Talk Facebook page, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and later on on my audio on our audio platforms as well. Season one, episode six, will take place in June. We will let you guys know on our social media pages who our next guest is and what day and what time. But I want to say thank you again to Elizabeth Nenovich. I got to work on her last name. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. And I really appreciate her uh, talking about her uh, career in construction and then going into auto sales as well. I hope everybody has a great evening. And enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll see you guys in June for Season 1, Episode 6 of the Small Talk Podcast. Have a great evening, everybody. And thanks again for watching live, or sorry, the Small Talk Podcast.